all right, are we actually doing this? Am I actually doing this? I think we're going to go for it. Welcome everyone to the pilot episode of the Mama To Be Honest podcast. My name is Jenea. You might know me from the Mama To Be Honest account on Instagram or TikTok, or you might just be one of my close friends or family members that's just looking to support. Either way, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you stick around. I am a mother of two, full-time working mother of two, located in the San Francisco Bay Area. I started the Mama To Be Honest Instagram account a few months after my son was born on maternity leave. I felt like I had been on my motherhood journey for, at that point, almost a couple years, and I just had a ton of information just in my head that I feel like I needed to put down somewhere, either on paper, but eventually felt that social media was a great outlet for everything that I had developed as tips and tricks for myself and rhythms and other things that my husband and I had um, developed as a family and learning how to be parents and parents of two under two. So I started the account initially just by posting things like product reviews and streams of consciousness and tips here and there. And now I feel like it's just grown into so much more than that. Just posting daily vlogs, routines, baby sleep, things that we feed our kids, things that we swear by, things that we try to avoid, and just having a place to share that with such a great community of other mothers and parents has been so fun and cathartic for me. I find a lot of my personal identity and motherhood and navigating what it is to have children and learning about your baby and your toddler has really just given me this type of self-confidence and I just love learning and constantly Um, learning from other mothers and and finding my own style and rhythm and in navigating this motherhood journey and parenthood and all the things that these two little humans (laughs) have um, created for me in this life. So I am here to geek out about all things motherhood and talk about all of the things that I find fascinating or the things that I've learned that have been extremely helpful for our family and finding myself and being a mom and just to talk about the tough things too. I think social media has an intended way of showing you the very filtered version of someone's life. So I'm hoping that in this podcast, we can kind of unpack that and talk a little deeper about the tough stuff when it comes to being a mom or being a parent and just go a little further in a way that you can't do on Instagram or TikTok. So I'm so excited. I would love to jump right into it. I thought it would be a great opportunity to have the the pilot episode focus on a couple of really tough topics that I think have become not necessarily taboo, but just hard for moms to talk about. Um, And the two, at least for me and my experience, are very intertwined with each other. 
The first one is postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. I feel like I'm in a point of my motherhood journey where I have two kids. They were babies. Now they're toddlers. We've established a really good routine with our family. And I feel like we've come out of that infant baby fog that just comes with being a mother of a baby or an infant. And now we have two growing toddlers. My son is still, I still consider him a baby, but he's coming into toddlerhood. And I am feeling myself more and more removed from the months of being completely wrapped up in the postpartum experience. So I want to go into that a little bit. And the second topic that kind of is going to dovetail nicely from the postpartum anxiety conversation is our decision as a family to sleep train our kids. I posted something months ago, probably almost a year ago, just recording on my phone, (laughs) talking about our experience sleep training, but I didn't really go that deep into why we decided to sleep train our kids and the nitty gritty behind that decision and the back and forth I went through in making that decision and how hard it was for me. So I feel like those are two great topics to start with. So let's jump right into it. Postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. Very, very heavy topic to unpack. I think it's something for for me, <laughs> I feel myself carefully treading this topic because it was such a dark time for me. And not even in the moment, it was, I think, after having come out of it and looking back at that time is when I started to realize just how tough it was. And I specifically mean our first postpartum experience. I don't know if this is the same for everyone, but at least for us, when we brought home our first baby, we felt like we were just hit hit by a truck. We had no idea what to expect. My first postpartum experience was way harder than my second. And I think that makes sense, but there's just so many factors that went into why it was hard and just the level of E that you're just running on in those first few months of being a brand new mom. I never had diagnosed postpartum depression. I also don't think, I don't personally think I had postpartum depression, but I definitely and can confidently say I had extreme postpartum anxiety. You know, whenever you go into your OB's office in those first few weeks or months after having your baby, it's pretty routine for them to ask you questions like, do you wake up feeling hopeless? Do you have thoughts of harming yourself or your baby? Do you feel like you have no will to live? 
And it it was never to that extent for me. I was always able to answer those questions confidently and saying, you know, no, none of those apply to me. So, you know, on one hand, it was it was not postpartum depression. But I think there's a general misconception around the types of postpartum experiences that new mothers go through. And postpartum anxiety is one that is often overlooked and often misconsidered or not considered at all. When I think about characterizing my postpartum anxiety, and that is a chuckle, not a funny chuckle, but just a I cannot believe I got through that period of my life chuckle. When I'm thinking about characterizing postpartum anxiety, I think about all of the functioning things that I had learned to live with and functioning behaviors that I had adapted to and have had considered normal for myself. We had Jade in August of 2020, so peak pandemic, peak germophobia, <laughs> and uh, especially, you know, in the area that we live, just extremely cautious. So that paired with the fact that I wasn't sleeping well, I was maybe sleeping 30 or 45 minutes at a time, really created a really poor, weak mental state for me. Just this constant state of exhaustion. I would feel extremely paranoid about anyone entering my home. My husband at that time had to go back to work pretty much immediately because he'd started a new job. So he spent two weeks with me and with Jade after delivery, and then he had to go back to work. So he was, I mean, he was home and he was present, but sometimes he also had to go out and go work. And so whenever he had to leave the house and come back, I would, I would make him do things like, you cannot enter our living space without hopping in the shower first. Like, go take a shower, go put your clothes in a plastic bag, put them outside of the door. And we were living in an apartment at the time, so leave it right outside of our apartment door. Go take a steaming hot shower, sanitize your hands, wipe down. I think I had him wipe down his shoes and just leave everything at the door so we could also Lysol everything. Just very hyper extreme behavior that I would not even think about doing now. Whenever we would have people ask to safely visit, even if they had a mask on, I would kind of spiral on the inside and just grow increasingly anxious around the idea of someone coming into our home and bringing in any kind of virus or disease or, you know, things that could harm Jade, harm the baby. And it's that vulnerability of bringing that your baby home and knowing that, you know, they're not protected against the outside world and, you know, something could happen to them. But taking that thought and completely spiraling with it, that was at the root of my anxiety. It also was, you know, all I think all of these new responsibilities that you had to do, like laundry and <laughs> making sure they're bathed and, and clean and just having no idea how to have any semblance of 
sane control over those things. And I think that hyper anxiety gave me a false sense of control in a way that just ended up being totally debilitating on my mental state and my physical state also. I was just constantly exhausted, constantly cleaning everything, constantly worried about, you know, whether things were clean and done and up to standard of what I of what I thought was appropriate. I don't think I ever left the house unless we had to go to a doctor's appointment or a pediatrician appointment. And that was hard. I think not seeing the outside world at that time too was difficult. And so, you know, that anxiety carried through from the time we brought her home to probably this like the first year and a half of her life through, through my second pregnancy for sure. And I don't think I can confidently say that I've really gotten rid of that anxiety completely. I think I've learned to recognize it and manage it in a much more effective way. I would say if I were to put a number on it, I would say that from that point in time, like from that postpartum anxiety, like on, on that on that spectrum, I am I am probably 80% rid of that type of anxiety. Sometimes it will, you know, kind of perk up and and reintroduce itself into my life, but yeah, it was not a fun experience and it crept into every part of my life that hyper anxiety, that hyper control, that needing to control every single bit of my surroundings at all times that just made it it made postpartum awful. I did not have a good postpartum experience and you know even once we came out of that when I started sleeping again and and getting the rest that my body needed and the rest that my mind needed I was afraid to get pregnant again. I was afraid to even think about having another baby because I didn't want to go through that again. I didn't want to feel like I was suffocating. And that's that's what postpartum anxiety felt like. I, like in reflecting on that time, I don't think I voiced that enough to my doctor. I know that there could have been medication I could have gotten on to alleviate a lot of that anxiety. But that was also, I didn't even really want to think about that either, because then I would, I might have felt even more out of control. <laughs> so I, I I think in reflecting on that time in, in, in my postpartum experience, I would have sought out more medical help. I would have sought out more emotional help. And it was just all, it's all kind of a blur. I can, I can pick out certain instances or, or scenarios from that time and spit them back to you, like with every detail. But at the same time, I'm just like, what was that time in my life? It was such a fog. It was such a blur. I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. But I also need to appreciate that time for what it was too. Like you're growing such an emotional connection with this new little person in your life. And Jade and I have a connection that I don't think I will ever share with you know, any other child that I have. I love 
I love both of my kids so much and so equally, but your relationship, I think, with each of your kids is unique. And I think that relationship that people have with their firstborn, just in thinking about all the vulnerabilities that you had at that time in your life when you're a new mom, and in this case, very, very paired with my postpartum anxiety, I just think about going through like hell and back with her (laughs) and that I'll always have that to reflect on and that we got through it and it made our mommy daughter relationship like have a really special scar to it. Is that like, I don't know if that, I don't know if that's a really dark way of describing it, but I There are so many beautiful moments in that time of my life too, but also just so many hard ones. And I think that kind of brings us into the second topic I wanted to talk about. And I I do think it's really related to postpartum anxiety. And it was one of the things that really helped alleviate it and pull me out of it. And at least gave me the ability to recognize what an awful spot I was in. And that was our decision to sleep train our kids and specifically sleep train Jade at that that point in time. At that point in in our lives, we had moved out of our apartment. We bought a home. When Jade was five months old, we moved. We moved into the burbs. We moved out. Of, we moved out of our apartment that we loved so much, but it was just getting way too small. Moved out of our apartment. Moved into our home, and that was around the time that I was weeks from starting work or going back to work. My maternity leave was almost done, and I was still not sleeping at night. She was not sleeping. She was sleeping maybe an hour, hour and a half at a time. And she was five months old at this point. So I was up, you know, nursing her back to sleep. She was exclusively breastfed. She never took a bottle at this, at this point from, from newborn stage all the way up until the point we decided to sleep train. And even after that, she was exclusively breastfed until my milk ran dry. But yeah, I mean, all that's to say is I was... I was exclusively breastfeeding her and she was exclusively using me to fall asleep. So she would need to nurse to fall asleep. That it was a really strong association between mommy's booby and me having a great night's sleep. So what that means or what that meant for us is whenever she woke up and I wasn't there, she would cry and I would go back into her nursery and nurse her to sleep. And then in some instances also rock her to sleep. But basically those two crutches were what we used to get her back to sleep. It was uh, not working for us. My husband felt so helpless because he couldn't do anything to help in such a hard situation. I was I was awake seven, eight, nine times a night, just getting up constantly and nursing her back to sleep, rocking her back to sleep. She only wanted me. And that made me resent my husband. And that made my husband feel like he 
was not playing an active role in these early months of having an infant. And it made him feel like he was incapable. And so those are two very real feelings as well that are just so hard to come head to head with because you have such a great relationship with your partner and your partner has such a great relationship with you and you want to be able to make these things 50-50 and the reality of it is it's not 50-50 in the beginning. It's really not. And we got to a point where we just had to like face the music and really ask ourselves, could we do that? Like, could we keep doing this for an extended period of time? I, I went back to work we were still we were still trying to make it work but that was the big wake up call i think for me before that happened i had accepted like okay this is just life now this is how i this is how <laughs> i'm going to live i'm going to be up nine times a night i'm never going to have more than an hour of restful sleep i'm never going to see my rem sleep again <laughs> i'm never going to see my deep sleep again and i had accepted that until i went back to work and I would, you know, go back to work and not be able to show up as my full self. And to complement that, I also wasn't able to show up as a mom. I wasn't able to show up as the mom that I knew I could be for my baby. I was not rested. I would snap so instantly. I was super irritable all the time because I wasn't sleeping. And then pair that with my debilitating postpartum anxiety, like, do the math. It's such an ugly situation to be in. And so my husband and I (laughs) did some research. And in talking to my friends who are moms and, and other parents that also have been considering or went forward with sleep training, talked about their experiences and learned about it. And that's when we started diving into sleep training as an option to be able to get my sleep back. Now, the actual topic of sleep training is a pretty difficult one to tread for a lot of people and for a lot of moms. And it really used to be a difficult topic for me because once you become a mom and you eventually get into the world of mommy, social media, and the mommy internet world, there are a lot of criticisms behind someone's decision to sleep train. And there are just a lot of opinions and perspectives on the idea of sleep training or promoting independent sleep. And I for sure was one of them. (laughs) I, I at first did not like the idea of sleep training. And if you are not super knowledgeable on sleep training or you, or you don't know what it is, it is basically teaching your baby how to fall asleep independently without certain crutches or associations like nursing or rocking. Basically, they're learning how to fall asleep by themselves on their own. And if they wake up in the middle of the night, then they can fall back to sleep on their on their own, soothe themselves back to sleep. And they carry those skills on um, into into childhood. But the reason it's such a tricky conversation or a tough topic 
is because sleep training methods, regardless of the method that you choose, we went with the Ferber method. There is always going to be a learning period. And what I mean by that is there's going to be crying from your baby. Your baby is going to cry when they're learning how to sleep. They're learning a new skill. They are not liking change. And whenever you introduce something new, it's it's change that you're introducing into, into your baby's life. And so there's going to be some resistance and crying. And that is the crux of the argument around sleep training and whether or not it's a good thing to do. And I won't sugarcoat it. It is so hard to continue sleep training once you start. I think a lot of parents and probably 100% of moms, whenever you hear your infant cry or your baby cry, you have this physical reaction. You can't you you don't want it to happen. Like you 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 want it to stop. You want to make it stop. You want to soothe your baby. And that's what makes sleep training so hard. I think we tried our number of attempts to sleep train successfully. It, it was probably in the tens, probably like 10 or 12 times that we had to stop and start again because of me. <laughs> I just could not deal with Jade crying. I, I I just couldn't handle it. It was so hard for me. And that's kind of what prolonged dealing with my lack of sleep for so long was because I just couldn't, I couldn't go through with it until, you know, one of, one of the days my wake up call happened and I was like, okay, this is going to be in the grand scheme of things, such a short period of time for long-term benefit for all of us, for me, for Jade, for Maurice. And yeah, so that's, that's really what pushed us pushed me over the edge to to do it, to just go for it. In that recording I did about a year ago, I talked about the method that we used and just, you know, what it kind of consisted of. So we went we went forward with the Ferber method, which is basically just checking on your baby after certain timed intervals and assuring them that you're there, but giving them the space to fall asleep on their own. So from the, at a very high level, setting them down in their sleep, in their sleep space. So in her crib to fall asleep awake, walking out of the room, staying out of the room for a couple of minutes (laughs) and then going back in to check on them if they start crying after that, whatever minute interval, and then leaving after some period of time. So in this case, it was 30 seconds, reassuring them that you're there with your voice, patting on the back, and then exiting again, and then increasing those intervals of time. That's the method that we went with. But what we realized is that she just grew increasingly agitated whenever we would come back into the room. So we switched from the Ferber method to 
full extinction. And I hate that term, but it's basically letting your baby cry it out. And it is such a hard thing to say for fear of what others might think of you or your approach to helping your baby learn how to how to fall asleep independently. But that really did the trick for her. She we left her alone. She figured it out. It was not easy for me, but it wasn't even that long. It was 30 to 45 minutes of hard crying and then tapering off and then crying again. And then after two nights, she completely got it down. On the third night, we set her down completely awake. She just turned over, found her thumb, and fell asleep. She Her self-soothing method is her thumb, and it's still her thumb. <laughs> and ever since then, once that period was over, her, her, her nights have been so blissful. She sleeps 12 to 14 hours a night ever since we sleep trained her. She loves going to sleep. She loves her bedtime routine. And she knows how to do it. She's got such confidence around sleep. Whenever my husband and I go out of town on those super rare occasions, my mother-in-law or my mom will come over and we know that she knows her routine. She's super confident in what she needs to do. And when it's bedtime, she knows. She tells her granny and her and her nanny, okay, it's bedtime. She grabs her blanket, hops into bed, tells them to turn off the light and turn off the noise machine, and she is good to go. But it was such a hard decision to make because regardless of what I decided to do, there was going to be some kind of mom guilt there. I felt guilty when I didn't sleep train at first, when we, when I, when I would pull back ever so often and I'd be, I would be like, no, you know what? I'm just going to deal. I'm just going to deal with being up nine times a night. I would rather do that than let her, let my baby cry. I would rather just deal with that. But I felt guilt because I couldn't show up as a fully present and happy person, a happy mom, because I was so sleep deprived and so anxious all the time. And those two things definitely fed into each other. And then when we did decide to sleep train and in the midst of the moment of, of going through sleep training, I felt so guilty that she had to learn this new thing, this new skill. She had to cry. She had to experience change. And I felt so guilty that she was going through that. But I am so grateful that we decided to go forward with it for our own family, right? Because we just it, just, it just wasn't working for us. I wasn't sleeping. She wasn't sleeping. My husband was not feeling capable or helpful. And so once we decided to get over that hump and, and see it through, looking back at that time from the other side is such a crazy experience because I look back on it and I'm like, why, how, how did I last that long not sleeping? How did I last that long not having gone forward with that decision that made our family's lives just so much better? And those are 
that's definitely one of the decisions that I am going to carry forward as one of the first tough decisions I had to make as a mom. At the same time, though, it's not it's not for every family. And I fully recognize that, too. I don't I don't want this to be misconstrued as everyone should sleep train their baby. That's not the case. I, I don't think it works for everyone. It's not meant for everyone's situation. And so this is coming from a, a, a deep place of respect for everyone's personal family decisions. Because it isn't it isn't the right decision for some people. It isn't the right decision for some families. But for our situation, for the benefit that we saw using sleep training as a tool, it was 100% right for us. And <laughs> I would do it all over again if if I could. And I did. We did with with Malachi with with our second baby. When we brought Malachi home, we started much earlier and he took to it much faster. And Jade took to it in two days. And so the one night we decided to try it, he got it down and we used the same method. With him though, he had always been a good sleeper. So I'm (laughs) I'm holding out for the tougher years with him. (laughs) He was an extremely easygoing newborn. We didn't we didn't have uh, the tough the tough experiences that we had with our firstborn. Again, I think that I might have to do with some with the fact that we were a bit more prepared this time around, a bit more confident in our parenting abilities. But if we are blessed to have more children in the future, this we are. Because of how well it's worked for us, it's it's something that we're we're going to do time and time again. There is so much to unpack with sleep training, and I don't think I'm going to be able to get to all of it today. And it might just be kind of boring for some people. But just to wrap it up, once I started sleeping again, my ability to call out my postpartum anxiety, it was like waking up and seeing the light. I kind of slowly but steadily was able to get my mind the rest and replenishment it needed, my body the rest and replenishment it needed. And to have that clarity again, that that reintroduced sleep gave me was, oh my gosh, it was incredible. I remember the first night I slept a full eight hours after we sleep trained, I woke up in a panic because I hadn't remembered what it felt like to sleep that long and that hard. And I woke up just like, "Ah, is the baby okay? (laughs) She was totally fine. We went into the nursery. She had this huge grin on her face when we had to wake her up from her sleep. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was such a surreal moment. And you really don't come back to reality until you make some of the toughest decisions that you have to make in the moment of new change, of motherhood. Such an incredible experience, such a hard experience to have to go through. And so I think that if you are a mother or a parent that is 
in the throes of awful nights and hard days, I think the biggest thing I've got to say is you just have to go with your gut and go with what's right for your family. I think a lot of the early, early months of motherhood for me were around what is everyone going to think about my decisions or what if this is the wrong decision? Just worried about so much outside perspective that's really just hindering my ability to be the best mom that I can be. And so I would say F everyone else, do what's best for your family, for your child, for your partner, and trust that that is the right thing to do. And just talking about these experiences again and and kind of reliving them has me super excited and anxious to hopefully one day be pregnant again and hopefully one day (laughs) have another baby, another newborn, and to go through these very foggy moments that will soon become memories and past experiences It's such a beautiful and chaotic time in your life to have or to be so vulnerable, to have that new little person in your life and to just be figuring it out day by day (laughs) and not knowing if you're doing everything right. But this was awesome. Uh, I have never really talked out loud to myself before, so I am curious to know (laughs) how things went And if anyone made it the whole 30-something minutes of just listening to me talk, this was fun, though. I have no idea how to sign off a pilot episode of a podcast that may never be, but this was amazing. Thank you for listening. I hope that a lot of what I talked about with sleep training wasn't too repetitive. I know I recorded a lot about sleep training a year ago in the midst of sleep training my son. So it's just something that I love talking to other parents about because it's one of those first hard decisions that you really have to make if you're considering it. And if you're unsure, I would love to geek out about sleep training and sleep training methods with anyone that's willing to have the conversation. So please reach out, DM me on Instagram at mama to be honest. I am very much learning how to use the TikToks. Uh, I am mama, to be honest, on TikTok. I don't like the messaging interface on TikTok, so just message me on Instagram. I would love to know other episode topics or things you'd love to chat about in the future. I still don't even know how to upload this material to the podcast world, so we'll see how long it takes me to do that. Depending on how this goes. Maybe we could do a Q&A or I could solicit topics or get topic ideas from everyone that wants to hear some more. So thank you so much. This was awesome. And I will talk to you guys soon. God bless.